No, it's not. Okay, Tov. We are sorry for missing yesterday. We are doing Parashat Sav. And we have... What is today? Wednesday. So I don't know what's going to be on Friday. Erev Pesach. But... We have a couple of days to do. If we don't finish, we'll just do it on Pesach. It's not. It's not bad because Pesach there won't be won't be doing parasha, so right. we'll be fine in that regard. Uh, just a quick overview of what parasha tzav is. Uh, at least the first half of parasha is a direct continuation of parasha vayikra because vayikra. Let's say I am borei olam giving instruction of the korban, so there are two people I need to address. Right. I need to address the people because the people, let's say I'm in Haifa, I live in Haifa, and I want to bring a korban to the Beit HaMikdash, I need to know which animal to bring, I need to know for what sins I bring, I what need to know what, what ingredient, because at the end of the day, if I bring the wrong animal, I came to, all the way, <laughs> I came all the way, and then the Kohen is like, hey, I'm sorry buddy, but this is the wrong animal, alright, it, it, it doesn't make sense, so, so the people need to know which the, the people need to know their portion of the korban. They need to know their side, of, and that's why we spoke a lot about what animal is brought. But for example, if you look throughout all of Parashat Vaikra, we didn't learn exactly which portion goes to the kohen. Correct. You know, we don't. We, it doesn't tell us. Um, so it, it told us. I think it told us by the minachot in passing, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. But it didn't tell us. Let's say by the korban shelamim. No. Korban Shalamim, which portion is the Koheni? We know that by the Korban Shalamim, we eat a little, some gets burnt to Hashem, and the Kohen eats also. So how do you divide it? That, that doesn't tell us yet. That's for, saved for Parashat Sav, where the focus is going to be on the Kohanim themselves. Okay? Pasuk, Perak Vav, Pasuk Al. By the Ber Adonai and Moshe Lemor, Hashem spoke to Moshe saying, Tzav et Aharon vet banab lemor zot torat ha'ola. Command the Haron and the son saying, This is the law of the Ola. Hiya Ola. Al Mokedala Mizbeach Kola Laila Ada Boker. Resha Mizbeach Tukad Bo. Rabbi, the mem on the Mikdah. It's Mokeda, it's small. Okay. See if it's any perush there. No, I don't know. It's probably something humbling. There's no doubt. That was what we said about the Aleph in yes, Vaikra. That's with the same uh, Moshe was humbling himself. So this Olah is the Olah that is on the Mizbeach and it is burnt all night. And the fire of the Mizbeach burns on it. So this is a very important thing to understand. We start the instruction of the Kohanim. The instruction of the Olah from the Kohen's perspective from... The night before Because besides for the Olah That an individual brings If I'm telling the law of the Olah To a Kohen Which Olah am I talking about? Am I going to tell them about the laws of the, the Nidava, uh, the laws of the Random Korban that the random person will bring? Well there's a much more prevalent Olah that the Kohen needs to know about And that's the Olah That's brought every day, twice a day That's Correct. called the Olah Tamid yes. So when we switch Topic to the Kohen We start addressing the Kohanim Usually it's for those two for those we, are, we are going to focus Not on the Ola That the person brings From Haifa We focus on the Ola That's brought every day In the Mikdash As part of the, the initial, That was the, taken from the Machasita Sheket yes. The Korban that represents All of the people And to start The first thing 
that a Kohen must do every day in relation to that Korban Olah it's clean all the ashes it's a from clean, the night before it's a clean from the night before exactly remind me that remind me that he is not he has to be humble oh maybe yeah, you, you yes, like that you like that's, that idea that's why we have this right okay good he wears his clothing of uh, transit midovad for me. His third pasuk. No, the beginning of, of the pasuk three. The Kohen shall don his fitted linen tunic and he shall midol don bad. linen breeches. He will don mido is his clothing, bad. I just don't know. Don't, bad apparently means linen because in modern Hebrew it doesn't. I think he changes his clothing after he does the ashes. He cannot go with Yeah, a, yeah. So, a, no. A, so, a, so you know, the idea is he has to wear the Kohen's clothing when he's cleaning the ashes yes. and moving them to the side. But if when he wants to take the, cash, the, the ashes outside the camp, yes. he's going to change his clothes one more time. Okay, so he wears his linen clothing with nesebad and his linen pants ilbash al besaro. Verimet adeshen asheto chala eshet haola alam isbeach. He should clean, take the ashes that the fire is eating, that are the result of the fire eating the ola from the misbeach. Vesamo etzel misbeach, and he puts it next to the misbeach. Now, where does he put it? Where does he put it? Next to the altar. Yeah, I think he puts it on the eastern side of the each each one of kiddush. He puts it on the eastern side of the. Yeah, by, by the way, if I were to, to compare Parshat Sav to Parshat Vayikra, this is a lot more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> this is much more difficult. There are a lot there's of more, new... new more, more details. There's more details. There are a lot more details yeah. here. It's much harder to see the structure and understand Parshat, Vayikra, uh, Parshat Sav than it is Parshat Vayikra. Okay? Yeah. Uh, but, but so far, the Kohen, in, to, to begin the Korban Olah process, has to take the ashes from the night before, and he puts them on the side of the Mizbeach. And what, what does he wear? As he was dressed... More than the king was dressed, right. he has to remember that yeah, he is yeah. very humble. It's, it's a nice point. It's a nice point. He's clean. He is the one to clean the ashes of yes. the misbeach. He doesn't have a servant. There's no servant. And he does it with, you know, what it reminds me of like the person who, who takes the sidurim from the kindergarten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yes. person who goes around collecting the sidurim. Yes. That's, that seems to be what's, uh, what the job is like. And he removes his white clothing of the Kohen. And he wears other clothes. Now, what other clothes? Rashi says, Pechutin mehen, lower than them. Yes. The ones that they use more often. Yeah, probably because... not the very clean one. The one that's right, the one that's probably less yes, clean, yes. exactly. And then he removes the, the ashes to outside the camp, El Makom Tahor, to a place that is pure. What that place that's pure is, wow. is a whole discussion. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to get into it. Okay. <laughs> Now we learn the law of the Terumat Adeshen. That's called, by the way, the Terumat Adeshen. That's the law of the removing of the ashes. There's a separate law now, the Kohen Asenol, also related to the Ola. The second law is that the fire on the Mizbeach has to always stay lit. Has ever, always stay lit. Can never be extinguished. The fire on the Mizbeach must be lit on it. It shall not be extinguished. Every morning, probably after doing the ashes, he then has to put new pieces of wood on it to make sure it continues staying aflame. And then once he puts the, uh, the wood, then he could put upon it the ola yes. and burn upon it the fats of the shalamim. What is, why does it say the fats of the shalamim? 
because you first burn the fats because of the smell. Uh, well, well, because the only thing that you burn of the shlamim are the fats. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just making sure. Meaning, <laughs> I'm, I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, correct, I'm asking correct. simple questions to make yes, sure yes, that yes. we we understand. We are, still, we are still on the. You burn the ola in its entirety, and you burn the fats of the shlamim because the rest of the shlamim gets eaten. Yes. So of course you're not going to burn the rest of it. Now the, the the one real question, one real question though is if we are talking about. So we're talking about the process every morning for the Kohen, right? That starts with cleaning the ashes. Then it goes to putting the new wood. And then he has to do the ola, yes. the ola tamid, which is brought every morning. So that's, he, he does that. We know he does it. Practically, he's going on an elevation. He starts right. from the cleaning. No, but we have, we, have a, we have a question. The, the question is, if he brings the ola, we know why he brings the ola. Because ola, ola is brought every day. But then it says, and he will bring also the fats of the shilamim. What shilamim? Shilamim, shilamim, shilamim is a voluntary offering. Correct. What if nobody brings shilamim to the Bikdash? Very good point. So Rashi, Rashi answers the question. Okay. It's if he brings shilamim. Or if he brought himself a shilamim. No, no, if, if somebody were to bring shilamim. Maybe somebody was waiting there. Meaning, meaning what is the Pasuk trying to tell us? The Pasuk is telling us the order of things. It's telling us first you do the ashes, then you do the wood, then you could put the ola. Now, if now, oh, somebody brings a shalamim, you can start it. then you could start it. Okay. I mean, the Pasuk isn't after, saying... After the ola, you can start it. Yeah, the Pasuk isn't saying that you have to bring a shalamim. If, uh, if you want to put the shalamim, you have if, to wait first to do all exactly, of Exactly. That's what the Pasuk I is saying. Say it was going on elevation. Right, right. So, so it's just another... It's, because we know the korbanot... The question became obvious, but if you don't know Maybe the korbanot, nobody that brings a shalamim that day. Right. No, if no. you don't know, if you thought the shalamim is something that's brought every day, no. ob- obligatorily, no, then no. you read this pasuk. Oh, okay, I guess so. No, 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 no. But then, yeah. But no, if you know, is, then you ask the question. There's a specific reason for the shalamim. Right. Pasuk vav, esh tamid tukad al mizbeach otichbe. An eternal flame shall be burnt on the mizbeach; it shall not be extinguished. Okay, good. So that's the law of. So we learned a lot of laws for the kohen. Yes. He has to take the turuma. He has to. Uh, make sure that the flame is always lit on the Mizbeach Every morning he has to put new wood uh, All the korbanot must only be brought after the Ola is brought of the morning So a lot of good laws for the coin Okay Rabbi, what if it's rained? What, what if it rained? Uh, I, I don't know, I could imagine there's some like Midrash that says that the fire never, would never get extinguished never get or something For sure Now in the It's a good question It's a very good question. It was saying that if it, even after when they went into Israel, until they still this fire kept on being yeah. on until the Betamidash. Very good question. Okay. Pasuk Zain. Vezot Torah Mincha. Now this is the law of the Mincha. Now, so far we are, are we going in order or not? Yes. We are, we're going in yes. order because the exactly. Parshat Vaikra started off with the three types of Ola, the yes. cow, the tzon, and then the, the birds. And then it jumped to the mincha. Now, in terms of the type of animal, the kohen doesn't need to know about that because the kohen is on the receiving end of the korban. He has to accept. He just accepts whatever is brought. If it's, and if it's brought correctly. Right. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't discuss the types of animals that are brought for Allah because it's not as important. What we did discuss is what the kohen has to do yes. in preparation yes. for the Allah. Yes. Now, the same thing. Is regarding the mincha. We, should, we would expect the same thing is going to be regarding the mincha. That's how we jumped from ola to mincha so quickly because there aren't, the details of the law are, are not as relevant at this point. Okay. Sorry. 
This is the law of the Mincha. Aaron and his son shall bring it to the uh, altar. He will take with his fistful from the flower of the Mincha and from its oil and all of the frankincense that is on the Mincha. And he will light on the Mizbeach a good smell, its remembrance to Hashem. Now, what is this word, Azkara? So it's an interesting one. We saw it in Parshat Vaikra also, but people don't understand what exactly it means. Okay? So let me describe to you how the Mincha was done again. Yes. I, person, random person, I bring Mincha to the yes. Beit HaMikdash. It's a nice Flower. bowl. Full of it's a bowl full of flour. Now, yes. how much does the coin take? Just three... This he just three, takes three, three fingers. He, he takes from within the bowl, he takes a fistful, yes. and he throws it on his back. Now, he what does he do with the rest of it? I don't know. That he eats. The rest of it belongs to the Kohen for food. We'll see. Oh, uh, yes, he can keep it for food for he later. Can see it for, he can keep it for food for later. He, the Kohen, all, all the menachot that are brought to the Mikdash, the Kohen partakes in, yes. and he eats the leftovers that are not part of that fistful. Now, this a side note the only exception is when the Kohen is the one bringing the Mincha himself Except, not if he brings the Mincha himself then he has to burn the whole thing okay but we called the fistful an Azkara it's like a remembrance what is it a remembrance for? what, is it, what does it mean Azkara? what does it mean that this fistful is a remembrance? so what it means the way I understand it is whenever I have the whole bowl I'm sending the fistful as representative of what? Of, of the rest of the bowl. Meaning, an ambassador. I'm, not, I'm not putting the whole bowl on the Mizbeach. I'm putting a representative sample of the bowl on the Mizbeach. Okay? So that representative sample is like a re- remembrance of the entire bowl. I think that's why it uses the word Askara. It reminds also the Terumah. Because the Terumah, we don't bring, we bring the first fruit. We bring the first... We don't bring everything. That's an interesting point. We bring a sample of it and the best. I mean, we see a similar concept, a lot, slightly similar concept by the Teruma and the Bikurim. But, uh, but I don't know if it's the same exact idea. Okay, next. The leftovers will be eaten by Aaron and his sons. It'll be eaten unleavened in a holy place. In the courtyard of the Ohel Moed shall be eaten. Now that's not a, a, an unimportant point. The fact that it must be eaten in the courtyard is similar to two other korbanot and different from a third korban. It is similar to the korban Asham and the korban Khatat, in which the Kohen eats meat from those korbanot, but they also must be eaten in the Khatzar, the Khatzar of the, of, the, of the thing. It must be eaten within the, the courtyard of the temple. But what about Shalamim? So Shalamim is called Kodashim Kalim. Shalamim is called the lower level of sanctity of Korban. So the Shalamim, the meats, are allowed to be eaten even outside the courtyard. They can take it and they can take it and eat it in their homes. Their okay, family, outside the courtyard of the with temple. Their wives and children. Exactly. Typically, to be eaten in Yerushalayim because why? Yeah, if you're, you're bringing a Korban, you're going to be eating in Yerushalayim. You have to eat it within a day or two. Depending on the korban, maximum right? is two days. Maximum two for shlamim. It's for shlamim. I think it's two. Okay, so so uh, the leftovers of the mincha will be eaten by Aaron and his sons, which should be eaten unleavened in a holy place in the courtyard of the tent of meeting, 
And again, that's very important to know. It's, uh, the reason I'm pointing it out is because it's a big distinction in the halakha. What is called Koche Kodashim and what is called Kodashim Kalim. The Koche Kodashim are things that are only eaten within the courtyard. And they include the Minachot, the Korban Chatat, and the Korban Asham. That the Kohen eats a portion of those things, the flesh. What are called Kodashim Kalim? So far, we know of the Korban Shilamim. That shall be eaten outside the courtyard as well. Rabbi, okay. It, all this, if they bring so much korban, how much can these people, this kalim, eat? I don't know how much they brought. I mean, the 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 the, the main korban was the ola, that wasn't eaten at all. The real question is how they had so much hide. What do they do with all their hide? Oh yes, that's for you know, sure. <laughs> they had a lot more hide. No. Yeah. Yes. It should not be baked as chametz. My portion I have given them from my fire offering. It is a holy of holies like the chatat and the asham. So I kind of spilled the beans before the pasuk said it. Yes, but the yes. pasuk was going to say it anyway. Okay? Yes. It is holy of holies like the chatat and the asham. Any male amongst the sons of Aaron shall eat it. It is an eternal law for your generations. From the fire offerings of God. Anything that touches this holy foods shall become holy. Now this is another issue. What does it mean touches? So by touches, the pasuk, the chachamim interpret the pasuk to mean absorbing taste from the food. Meaning, meaning, meaning let's say I mix the kodshe kodashim of the mincha, it falls into my regular pot of flour. Now, if there is a taste of the kodshe kodashim in my newer pot, then the whole thing becomes kodesh and has the same rules as the regular mincha. So it must be eaten by the kohanim in the, in the courtyard. But if it doesn't absorb any taste, meaning if it's a very, very small piece, it doesn't do anything. Okay? So... When the pasuk says kol mikdash, anything that touches them will become holy. So it's not talking about the fork or the. It it is it is, but again for that that would be a different process. But for that to happen, yeah, it, it is. It is talking about all of those things. Typically, it would it would happen through the medium of fire, in which you put the kodesh kodashim inside a pe- inside a pot or inside a pan, and then you cook, yes. and then you cook, and then it absorbs the thing. So then now it has the taste of the Koche Kodashim. Now if you put new food into the pot, it you'll is. have the issue of Koche Kodashim if it reabsorbs from the... It's a whole big thing. Uh, but, but, um, but yeah, that, that's, that it also applies to the pots and pans. But the basic idea here is that it's not that, that just touching it makes it Kodesh. It's that it has to absorb the taste. It has to like cook together. Right? Yeah, and, yeah, and it therefore mimics the regular laws of Kashrut. Okay, that's the idea here. That's the, the, the important point to understand. All right. Uh, we did the first Aliyah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> in, in the next aliyah, we're going to begin with the specific type of mincha which was not relevant in Parshat Vaikra, and that was the mincha of the mincha that the Kohanim bring for themselves. See, we didn't talk about that mincha in Parshat Vaikra because we weren't speaking to the Kohanim. Okay? Here we gave the laws of the mincha as to what the Kohanim shall eat and where they shall eat it, but yes. we didn't go into the details because we already said the details. But there's one more korban that's only relevant to the kohanim, and that's the two. There are two actually. There are two minachot. One is a mincha that they bring on the day that they become inaugurated, and the other is a mincha that Aaron must bring on behalf of the kohanim every single day. I think that's called the minchat chavitin, and that is going to be topic of the next aliyah. Baruch Amen. Amen. Amen.